All right. I've been thinking about this particular passage for actually a while. Um, it's, it's funny. I got uh, a, a window into how we're currently doing things right now. I got a text from Charles on like, like maybe Wednesday saying, Hey, would you be interested in picking one of the lectionary passages and speaking about it this Sunday? Uh, and I said, sure. And so I went and looked, uh, to see what the options were. Um, there's a, there's a fun one in Nehemiah. Um, there was, uh, there was, there's, there's, there's one in Luke where Jesus goes to his hometown, but it's not like the interesting part of the story. It's right up to the point where people get angry at him. Um, and then there's a Psalm and then there was this one. Um, and which, like I said, I've, I've kind of been thinking about it, although I didn't have it in my mind. I was like, I'm thinking about first Corinthians chapter 12. I was like this idea of, of, of gifts that complement each other, that work together for the collective whole. And the reason that I've been thinking about it is that uh, a couple of weeks ago, my family watched the latest Disney movie, Encanto. I, I don't know if, uh, if you all have seen that or not. Um, but, uh, I'll, I'll try, if, if you haven't, I'll try not to spoil it too much, but I do want to talk about it a little bit because it is, uh, it is about a family that for whatever reason, has like every every member of the family has been given like a special magical <laughs> gift um that uh you know one of them is really strong one of them is able to make flowers grow one of them can hear everything they all have these like supernatural gifts um and you you're introduced to them all at the very beginning of it in this big magical house and this little village that has sprung up around that, and you you see that this family has a very strong sense that their gifts um, together uh, are to be a blessing to their greater community. And you can see the individuals going out among the town, um, using their gifts to to help people out, to help build this town and build this community. And um. You know, as, as you, as you're introduced to the family, as you're introduced to the characters, the, the, the community, like that's the first image that came to my mind. I was like, oh wow, this is kind of like a, this is kind of like the church. Everybody's got their own gift that they're giving, that they're given. And there's this like sense of obligation that they feel to not just use it for themselves, but to share it out. And there's this little town that has sprung up and you can see the, the benefits of this. And then just like a really good sermon, it slaps you with this other thing that you didn't really expect to see happen, which is that our main character, our protagonist, a member of this family, didn't receive a gift. Uh, and it's kind of a big deal that she didn't receive a gift. Um, uh, it's everybody in the town knows it. Um, and kind of they're kind of they kind of awkwardly try to joke about it because they don't really know how to talk to her about it. Um, and obviously the rest of the family knows it and they kind of they all kind of try not to talk about it, too. Like they want her to feel like she's there, but, you know, also to kind of stay out of the way so that they can use their gifts to do what they're supposed to do. Um, and the the rest of this story is a lot about this this uh, this person trying to. Trying to find her place in this family, in this community, and um, asserting for for herself like her value, um, discovering it and and learning it. So, um, 
all that to say, like, with that context in the back of my mind, when I went and I read this passage from the from the scriptures again, and I'm like, oh man, there's there's another layer to this. Um and so uh I guess what I want to do this morning here is having set that context, let me read it to you again. And then let let the words let the words affect you as they do, and then let's talk about that. Let's talk about what you're hearing um today from the scripture. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 12. Christ is just like the human body. A body is a unit and has many parts, and all the parts of the body are one body, even though there are many. We were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jew or Greek, or slave or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. Certainly the body isn't one part, but many. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I don't have because I'm not a hand. Does that mean it's not a part of the body? If the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, does it mean it's not a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, what would happen to the hearing? And if the whole body were an ear, what would happen to the sense of smell? But as it is, God has placed each one of the parts in the body just like he wanted. If all were one and the same body part, what would happen to the body? But as it is, there are many parts, but one body. So the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. Or in turn, the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Instead, the parts of the body that people think are the weakest are the most necessary. The parts of the body that we think are less honorable are the ones we honor the most. The private parts of our body that aren't presentable are the ones that are given the most dignity. The parts of our body that are presentable don't need this. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the part with less honor, so that there won't be division in the body, and so that the parts might have mutual concern for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If one part gets the glory, all the parts celebrate with it. You are the body of Christ and parts of each other. In the church, God has appointed first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, the ability to help others, leadership skills, different kinds of tongues. Aren't all apostles, aren't they? All aren't prophets, are they? All aren't teachers, are they? All don't perform miracles, do they? All don't have gifts of hearing, do they? All don't speak in different tongues, do they? All don't interpret, do they? Use your ambition to try to get the greater gifts. So, what did you like about what we just read? So Ted, I uh I really like your Encanto tie-in. That uh 
kind of blew my mind a little bit when you connected those because I completely agree. Uh, and, and I see that. And, you know, as I was sort of reflecting on that, <clears throat> just like in the movie, I think part of my experience with the church, uh, growing up is that when we just say, we all use our gifts as we're supposed to and everything is fine because we do that, um, without deeper emotional maturity behind it, uh, dysfunction can take root. Uh, and we see that. So of course, that's sort of the main narrative driver of, of Encanto, the movie is how dysfunction is set in amongst the family, despite everyone's best intents. And so, um, yeah, I was just kind of just thinking and unpacking that a little bit as I was listening this time of, you know, what does it, what does it mean to use your gift in an emotionally healthy and spiritually healthy way? What does it mean to be, you know, both uplifting of these times of like, you know, rest and, and also pursuit of certain goals? And, and what does that mean, you know, to, to, uh, you know, explore those gifts within the church? So. I don't have a conclusion on that, but uh, <laughs> that's what I was unpacking as I was listening this time. Thanks, Miles. John. Yeah, that passage and now brought up a whole lot of things for me. I took a bunch of notes. Uh, at DT, I worked at ETS for 12 years in staff at the computer lab of, of students, and I saw and felt a lot of things. And uh, some quick uh, highlights from my notes were that when people came to DTS, they initially they say, I want to be a pastor. Why? Because they grew up in churches and the, the key person was a pastor. And then when they, when they graduate, they want to become a professor. Why? Because they went around their professors, you know, and, and, and we all had to go to chapel, which is what, you know, speakers. Right. And so and so everybody wanted to be a speaker, want to be the mouth, mouth, you know. And, 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 and of course, DTS, while I was there, their book, their, their, their book, uh, store moved into that Greek Orthodox, uh, church. If you've, if anybody's ever been there before? So you have this beautiful, it's a shrine to books, right? So therefore, who, who gets all the glory is the writers, the authors, the speakers, the mouths. Yet, when they gather, somebody's going to take care of the kids and nobody wants to. I knew of the dozens of people I knew, there's one person there's gifted that loved to work with kids. One. Uh, while I was there, there's a whole, there, there's a, they're trying to get the media arts thing going, but it's not glamorous because you don't get seen. It's needed, but you don't get seen. So it relates to this whole thing, who gets seen, who doesn't get seen. I talked to a pastor, uh, friend, and I said, you know, what did ETS said, yeah, it's great training, but in the reality of a pastoral world, what they didn't teach you is how to run the enterprise, how to manage things, how to manage the staff. They don't teach you that. They don't teach you anything about counseling. They just think, if you know the Bible, it'll all happen magically. Well, um, and, and, and there are a few people are calling God and they're going to go to the mission field and you can't stop them. God bless them forever and ever. But, but nobody really recognizes that, you know, some people never heard the gospel. They have a missions week. You know, there's orality. Some people never, cannot, never will read. But, you know, we're all booky people. So we don't think of people who can't read. Oh, no. And then, we, and then we go over to India, right? So, so some of the most wonderful people I ever knew went to Mission Field. I love missionaries. And they went to a suburb of Paris. A suburb of Paris. They worked there for years. And they had no fruit. And they get all this money and all this prayer. No fruit. Yet. 
all around the world. So the people that they need to do is go train missionaries in India to reach Indians. And there was a teeny number of people that did that. They had huge results, but it wasn't, it wasn't emphasized. So that's all. Thank you, John. Um, I have a couple of thoughts. One was just when we were watching Encanto with the kids, um, Searsha, you know, one of our kids always identifies with like the male characters in film and, um, like any stories, she's always like, I want to be the boy. I want to be the boy. Um, and this was the first time she was like, I want to be the girl because, <laughs> you know, the older sister is really, really strong. And, um, I, I think what I liked about that was just, um, you know, we all have ideas of what gifts are supposed to look like and who is supposed to get certain gifts and representation and seeing people have like different combinations of personalities and gifts and gender and gifts and those things like that's so important. Um, that's so important. And there's a lot more diversity, I think, than what we like typically think of, um, especially in church giftings. And then the other thing is like this passage just reminds me a lot, you know, it's funny because a few years ago, a lot of us adults were getting diagnosed. We we're like, Oh, I have anxiety. I have depression. Who knew that's what was happening with me all these many years. And now it's like our kids are growing up and our kids have, um, different things. They're neurodivergent. They're not all the same. And, uh, why would we be surprised? Of course, because all of us are, <laughs> we are also very diverse and our kids are very diverse. Um, and I just have been thinking a lot about, um, what that means for us as a community, how we can give honor to, um, the people who process information differently, how we can, um, think about them and try to see things from different points of view. Um, and yeah, what, like what it means not for them to just be like, well, we're going to do things the normal way and we're going to accommodate you. But like, what does it mean to do things in a way that works for all of us? Adults <laughs> who want to get up and run around and don't like sitting through sermons, kids, who want to get up and run around and don't like sitting through sermons. You know, like... You need to get up and run around. Go ahead. I mean, sometimes I do, you guys. And um, I'm probably not the only one either. And it doesn't have anything to do with the quality of your sermon, Ted. It's just, you know... No, I know. I know. Yeah. So, anyway, those those are my... Those are the things I'm thinking about when I hear that passage. Thank you, Sarah. Hey, I'll, I'll share it really quickly. Um... I, uh, first off, I love Valerie's comment about we don't talk about Bruno because I started to put the same thing in a chat earlier. Um, uh, I was going to say that, uh, I was going to say, uh, uh, I guess this, this passage is hitting me in a way it's never, it never has before because until very recently, I've always been fortunate to never need physical therapy for anything. And, um, now as a 40 something with some back stuff going on, um, I've experienced something new. And, um, so anyhow, it's just, uh, thinking about, uh, thinking about the body and, and taking care of different parts of the body is really hitting me differently this morning. So I, I appreciate you talking about this, Ted. Thank you. Thanks, Ryan.
yeah, that's another another vector on that caring caring for the whole and the individual parts. Um, you know, and I think this ties in a little bit with what Sarah was saying a minute ago. One of the one of the things about our community about storyline is that um, we don't really have a lot of like rigid roles or needs or forms. Um, I was thinking about this, like the way that we would describe what storyline is to people over the years that I've been part of this has changed um, from a collection of house churches to the network of missional communities to whatever it is we are right now. Um, and kind of reflecting on that in this vein, um, I realized it's that really what storyline is to me when I think of it, um, it's not a particular form. It, it's you guys. It's, it's, it's this, it's this group of people. Um, and we all have different gifts, sure. Personality types, definitely. Um, some of us have diagnoses. Some of us, like we're, we're all coming in. We're, we're, we're bringing in diversity and together we form what storyline is. And what's one of the things that I, I think is really special about this community is that we recognize that, that we're not about the forms. We're not about the roles. We're, we're about the people. And so what I want to encourage us to think about as we read through passages like this, and we talks about all the different parts that are made up and the different gifts and even lists out some specific ones that people are like, oh, you have to have apostles and teachers and prophets and et cetera. Um, is that maybe we don't. Maybe we need to have who we have. And it's not just trying to find, okay, which one is going to be the preacher and which one is going to prepare this and who's going to be the kid person and who's going to do it's, it's not, it's what it, it may be an expression or a thought or a role or a thing that hasn't been imagined yet, that hasn't been thought up yet. Um, the important part is that we are the body of Christ and that God did put us together um, intentionally. Um, and we do our best to find our role. We do our best to know ourselves and each other to work through that. Um, but we shouldn't presume to know the one thing that we're here to do. And we definitely shouldn't presume to know the one thing that somebody else is here to do. Um, and to reduce ourselves down to that. The, the line from the movie that really stuck out with me the most, it's in one of the songs toward the very end of the film, after they've all learned their lessons. Um, this is the, the, uh, the matriarch of the family says, and I'm sorry I held on too tight, just so afraid I'd lose you too. The miracle is not some magic that you've got. The miracle is you. Not some gift, just you. The miracle is you, all of you, all of you.
and to me, that's what I want to, that's what I want to take away and what I want to leave us with this morning is that we collectively are the body of Christ, not because we each have the talent or a gift to give, but because we were created. We're here and we're together. And that is wonderful. And that is special. God loves you. He really does. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this family, this community, these people um, that I love, that um, that are part of my life. I thank you for the ways that we have touched each other and shaped each other, blessed each other. I praise you that when one of us hurts, we all hurt. And that when one of us is glorified, that we all share in that. I'm glad that we're together. And God, I ask that you bless us as we continue the journey that involves self-discovery, that involves getting to know each other deeper, that involves getting to know you deeper, that you continue to open our eyes to let us see you working in us individually, collectively. Continue to bless us, Lord, and open our minds and our imaginations to the possibilities that uh, we haven't even considered yet for what the future may hold, for what ministry may look like, for how we might touch the rest of the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.